Welcome, everybody, to episode 66 of the CarCast. Don't you love how assured I am at the... Yes. Is that, are you telling me or are you asking me what the number is? <laughs> I'm Owen. He's Sean. Newkirk and Shapiro. I'm riding in the navigator seat. Shotgun, if you prefer. Sean is in the pilot's chair. He is... No, it's too soon to make that joke. I'm not going to do it. I'm not even going to say it, but you probably thought about what went on in my head. Well, yeah, I, move forward. You, do you have any idea where I was going with that? No, let's just move forward. You do, don't you? We're just going to move What's forward. What's in the news lately? Okay, move We're on. We're just going to move forward. All right, he'll get it in a minute, folks. It's okay. You'll have to excuse my friend Sean. He's a little slow. Uh, Stars lose tonight to the Avalanche 3-1 to in a really low-scoring, tightly contested match that ends up going in the favor of the team that scores first, which kind of was what you had to feeling tonight. Did you think that that was sort of the way it was going to go between two pretty informed goalies in a defensive battle? Yeah, it was... Uh, it, especially after the first period, you felt like this game was going to either be 2-1, to one, maybe even one nothing. And yeah. it was... Colorado got the first goal, and that ended up being a crucial one. First period, no goals... A couple of great saves on both ends of the ice. First, Star was good. Bishop was good. stopped McKinnon on a breakaway and a follow-up chance off of the breakaway, which might have even been better than the initial breakaway save. Then at the other end, Sagan gets a partial break, and Grubauer fights it off of the blocker. It was a great save. And then later, Sagan found Radulov wide open in front, and Grubauer makes that save. I thought that was his best of the period. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. So that was the first period. No goals. A couple of really good chances. Trading, a little more, a little more open than I think either coach wanted, but yeah, um, but good. Second period, Stars really took it to the abs. I, I think part of the reason why the first period felt uh, it felt a little bit flat for the Stars was the two penalties. They did a great job killing off both. Didn't give up any quality chances against on those two penalty kills. But what it did do, Sean, was just kind of kill. The Stars had some momentum in the first period. I thought they were out playing Colorado for a good chunk of that frame early, and then they took those penalties, and then they really got hemmed in their own zone. Didn't give up a ton of grade-A chances against, but didn't. They had their transition game disappeared at, at that point. Yeah. Dynamite drop-in. That, yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. really paid off. I was paying attention to the merge. <laughs> oh, to the merge. Okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, that being said, the second period... It felt like Dallas really had some things. They had a couple great looks on the power play um, from Jason Spezza, who came back into the lineup after being healthy scratch on Tuesday, and he basically had the same shot twice. Entered in the zone, drop pass, he's wide open, top of the right circle, and he fizzes one over the net. Yes. They circle, cycle around, comes back to Spezza. Here he is again. They backed off. He's got a good shot, and he shoots high and buzzes it over the, the crossbar again. And I, I'm trying not to be overly critical of Spezza, but with the limited minutes that he plays, five on five, he is a power play and face-off specialist. Those are the kind of plays he's got to find the net to be an impactful player on this roster. Right? Yeah, if, because he's is not, that fair? Yes, it's clear he is no longer a real viable five on five option. No. And if you're going to be a power play specialist, you have to do something special. <laughs> By the way, Sean, you've quickly dropped back into fifth place in the MotoGP 
Uh, we just got buzzed by four. Oh, we're about to drop. We're, we're about, about to drop into six. Actually, what are you doing? Call the pit crew. Seventh. Eighth. Oh, this is not good. We are absolutely <laughs> losing this battle. I think you need new tires, maybe some, uh, maybe a chassis adjustment, because those motorcycles just buzzed us. They're flying too. On the right lane. Oh yeah. So here's the thing about motorcycles. Let's digress for a minute. Yeah, let's digress. They look fun. Mm-hmm. They're fast as, as anything. I ride a bike, like a pedal bike. Oh, look at know? this. Look, we're, 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 oh, they're, they're, they're shooting the, the gaps now. They're shooting the gaps. They're, That's they're dangerous. Weaving, they're weaving in and out. I worry that one pothole, one patch of gravel, cool. one stick or a piece of uh, semi-truck tire in the road, and you're done. You hit that with a car, you bump, you go, what was that, and you move on. Maybe your tire goes flat. But you've got three other wheels to keep you in a roll cage. Mm-hmm. That's the thing about it. Like, motorcycles look like a lot of fun in theory. And I'm sure for anybody, any of our listeners that are motorcycle enthusiasts, I'm not talking down or, you know, kudos to you, it looks great. I would want to do it on a wide-open country road with no other traffic, not weaving in and out of highway traffic. You want to hear two motorcycle stories? Sure. I've got two motorcycles. Why not? Stories. It's more exciting than the first period tonight. <laughs> yes. Um, and the second period. I've been on a motorcycle twice in my life. The first time, I got pulled over. Driving or riding? I was riding. Okay. Um, my One of my college roommates had a motorcycle, and we were running over to just get, I can't remember, we were going to get something at 7-Eleven, and clearly it wasn't something that large. I had a backpack, but clearly it wasn't something that large that we were probably going to get beer at 7-Eleven. Who knows? On a motorcycle. That's on, a brilliant. On a motorcycle. Can I just say that, well, ride, driving a motorcycle sounds like fun. Riding it sounds like no fun whatsoever. And in both times I've been on a motorcycle, it's been in a ride. The second time was fun. Like, I have the, no desire the, to ride well, on the back seat of a motorcycle yes. ever. And I want my hands on the handlebars. Yes, and so okay. I was riding the motor. My roommate is right is driving. I'm riding the motorcycle, and I told him I'm not getting on the motorcycle without a helmet. He only had one helmet. Good for you. He only had one helmet. So I so he's like, okay, Good here. Good for you. So he's I, driving. How many people do you see riding without helmets? I mean, yeah, it's bad enough that you could have yeah. your body and limbs yeah. s- scraped up if you go yeah. go riding on the pavement. What about your face? Your head. So I'm I mean, wearing. So I'm. I, I've got the. I'm wearing the helmet. He's not wearing a helmet. We get pulled over for not wearing a helmet. No, we get pulled over because I'm not wearing sunglasses. What? In Ohio, you have to wear glasses to protect your eyes from bugs and debris. But the helmet has a little flip-down thing. And but so you have a visor. You have like a a, a vi- shield. A visor, but it had been a point where we were. Did you flip it up? It had been flipped up because we were at a red light and we were about to turn into the Seven Eleven. Like, we were right there, and it had been flipped up. Did you argue? We didn't get a ticket, but, like... What was... What was it, a warning? It was a warning for a ticket, because... Did you and, and, dispute and, it, or just say, okay, yes, sir? It was just a warning. I mean, he was just giving a warning, so... Did he say right away, I'm going to give you a warning? Yes, but he because was... Because I, I would almost want to... Yeah. I mean, you're an argumentative guy yeah, of he, my own sort. He walked up, and, and I'm, I'm hearing this story. I'm not hearing. I'm hearing him walk... He didn't give you a ticket, so it's not all that. I'm hearing him walk up. And I'm thinking, oh man, Jason's gonna get a ticket for not wearing it. Jason's gonna get a ticket for not wearing <laughs> a helmet. And you. he turns to me, and I'm like, wait. Did Jason, your buddy, have sunglasses on? Yes, he had like the uh, like he had the clear glasses on for, and oh, like the the construction glasses. Oh, they were just they were like I think they were like they were uh, like 
transition lenses because it was this was like five o'clock. Like oh. you basically, like, but it was like wow. But it was like I'm like how how is the issue here? So eyeglasses okay, helmet with visor up not okay. Yes. You're not even driving. And I was wearing the visor the entire time, and then basically we're at a stop sign. 7-Eleven's right there. I just flipped it up at the stop sign because we have literally 20 feet. <laughs> yeah. But the law enforcement community yeah. feels about somebody riding a motorcycle to a 7-Eleven to buy beer. I guess as long as you're not consuming it, but, you know... We weren't going to consume it so later that evening. Containers. We weren't going to drink and drive. You can't put it in the trunk like you can in a car No, we put it, SUV we, we put it in a backpack. You can't put a lot in. It was... All right. Well, anyway, that's that's motorcycle story number one. Second one was actually kind of cool. Um, when I lived in Austin, I would cover a bunch of the events at uh, the Circuit of the Americas. And one of the events they had, and whenever you cover events, they would occasionally let the media members take part in the hot laps. And Ooh. so I got a ride in a uh, in a Moto uh, GP uh because the MotoGP motorcycles aren't made for two people. No, but they're they, not. But they made a modified one for two people that I got to do two laps around Circuit of the Americas. That's got to be incredible. Yeah, and, 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 you, and you're wearing the full, like, fire suit and flame suit, so you feel like... Right, you're wearing the full and, racing and, gear. And, and you're really only going, like, half the speed they, like... Right. Or Is it terrifying, or was it great? It's terrifying at first, then it's really cool. I would like, think that on the motorcycle, I, I, I'm a... I'm not a, an adrenaline junkie, yeah. but I've done a few things. I've yeah. jumped out of an airplane before with a parachute and lived to tell <laughs> the tale. I've not done that. I would do it again. It was fun. Uh, I'm not seeking death, but I'm not totally afraid of it. Uh, that being said, I would much prefer to ride in a NASCAR car. I would really like to ride with Mario Andretti in those two-person Indy cars. I've done that. The open wheels. I've done that, actually. That's way yeah. cooler because you're in a seat. You've got a somewhat of a cockpit roll bar cage around you to me the motorcycle well, you like you lose yeah. your grip and you yeah. flip off and yeah. roll into turn six yeah i've done right? yeah i've done the hot lap at both uh circuit of the americas i don't remember getting the invitation from you about this I, was it lost no it, <laughs> <laughs> it probably never stands um i did the hot lap at the circuit of the americas a couple times in different vehicles and then in actually at texas motor speedway i've done the indy car one Ooh, which is which is that cool. would be the best Where i would go, also like to drive yeah. A, la- a hot lap if given the opportunity. Yeah. That would be phenomenal. Yes, that's that was very cool. I'd I'd like I'm, to be I'm not even going. a big not a big car guy in general, but that stuff was kind of that's oh, really cool. How can it not? Yeah. I mean, the closest I've thing is that um, a friend of mine does autocross. And if okay. you're unfamiliar with autocross, what it is is it's basically people either have or they either drive their own cars or they, they own a you know a sports car or something that they race time trials around a course. Okay. Usually in autocross it's sort of a you know a weekend hobby kind of thing. Yeah. Where these autocross clubs will set up like cones in a in like a mall parking lot or abandoned airport strip or something. They'll and they'll all all these different will race in different classes of whether it's been souped yeah. up and modified okay. or original stock. And all sorts of different types of cars. So I did an autocross hot lap with a guy who was driving the Camaro. Oh, fast, powerful, terrible around corners, skid all over the place. It was fun. Yeah. I don't know if I'd want to do it again because I'd rather drive, right? The, mm-hmm. I, okay, I rode it. It was quick. It was a lot of turns. It's like riding on a roller coaster. Yeah. But that's what autocross is, in case you were wondering. I haven't done the motor, the uh, the circuit on a, you know, 
really fast Indy open wheel car. Yeah, the open wheel Indy car. Formula One. That, the Indy car was one was at uh, at Motor Speed, at Texas oh, Motor Speedway. Um, that's pretty. Yeah. Just doing the oval, right? Yeah, just doing the oval. Still would be great. Was, and then the uh, Circuit of the Americas. I've done the because uh, they don't have the Formula One car set up, but I've done it at the. Uh, there's the World Endurance Challenge. Sure. And so I've done the hot lap in a couple of those cars Ooh, before. That'd be fun. And then I've also done it in the uh, just the generic like kind of the the Audi or whatever the pace car is I'm drawing, whichever one is for, for Formula right. One, you can do it. You should, uh, I don't know car. if it still is, but it was a Mercedes for a long time. I think it was a, it was a Mercedes. Yeah. They were the, yeah. spo- the lead sponsor yeah. and obviously one of the mechanical yeah. uh, engineering teams. Mm-hmm. Manufacturers is the word I was looking yes. for. There. So anyway, after the we lost the MotoGP tonight yes. and talked about our favorite uh, or desires for going as fast as possible, mm-hmm. the stars gave up another goal in the third period to go down two to nothing. Eric Johnson scored late in the first in the second period. Yeah. Uh, one timer that like, Ben don't, Bishop. Don't, don't like Ben Bishop. I'd like to watch it again because I thought he was still moving side to side. You told me that he was set. He was set. If that's the case then I think that's one he like but Eric Johnson can bring it. He was set and, and, and Ben Bishop's a guy who he's a goalie who Never takes the blame publicly for a goal against. Not that, not that he's pretty confident in his technique. He's pretty confident in his decision making, and this was one after the game tonight where he straight up said, "I needed to have that one," okay. and so I'm putting that one on Ben Bishop. Okay, so the second one was Tyson Berry, first five minutes of the third period, and this one was a real mistake because yes. not on Bishop. But on the stars because they got caught in the midst of a bad line change, oh, didn't get the straight. puck forward. Past, you know they were they were not on the right side of the red line there. Yep. Sorry, they were on the wrong side of the <laughs> red line. <laughs> he said the name of the show, of the show. <laughs> Although it is weird that it still it says wrong side of the red line podcast when it's really the car cast, not the same one. If somebody wants to, if if, if people want to provide the financials to make it easier to transfer everything, you can do it for free. You don't have to have a pro account. Yeah. You have a pro account. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so with that, it's 2 nothing. Great shot by Barry off the great post. Shot, great shot by Barry. Right really bad change by Brett Ritchie and uh, really bad change by Brett Ritchie and a bad change by Jason Spencer. Yeah. And um, it put the Stars in last, an odd man situation of their own doing. Last shift that Ritchie took for the game. Um, yeah. And then basically the Stars are down 2 nothing. They continue to press and push. They, with 5-1 remaining, Tyler Sagan finally breaks his nine-game goal drought. Um, he needed it. He celebrated yeah. it very adamantly, and I, I understand why. Yes. Because he's had lots of points. Ten assists in his last nine games, now ten games. Mm-hmm. So he has 11 points during that span, yeah. but only one goal. And Tyler Sagan is a goal scorer. Stars continue to push, and then um, things get put to bed by Soderberg, who I thought made a really... Smart play, a to shoot for the shoot for that situation because Colorado was down. It was really a six on four because Colorado was down to a guy with a broken stick. Yep, I think and it was JT Comfer. I believe it, I, it was well, a defenseman, it was a defenseman and then Comfer handed his stick over. And the, I um, didn't think the Stars attacked the guy without. No, they did not very well. And so Soderberg, and I like what Soderberg and does. It also the, you see that a couple of times there at the end with the extra tiger, the buck popped over the stick of Merrill Aiskin and just yeah. some bad luck. Just some bad luck. There, oh, and then Soderberg, I give him credit for taking the shot there because if he misses, it's just an icing. His team still has a timeout, and they get their stick back. So 
a three to one Avalanche win. Big night for the Avalanche because the Coyotes lost. They move into a tie for the second wild card. Um, and other things around the league, St. Louis won, so now the Stars are four points up on the second wild card and four points back on the third place in Central. Right in the middle. Yes. Could have been a big night to move ahead of Arizona a little bit more and Colorado and Idle, Minnesota, but they're still in a good spot. They just have to shake this one off and move forward. Yes. All right, let's move on to the lightning round. Trex20 sent earlier. Sean, doesn't ask me if – oh, because – this was specifically to yeah. you, one of yours. What audiobook did you end up listening to during your drive yesterday? So I am still, I still have about an hour left in a book called, the book's title is A Truly Remarkable Thing, is the name of the book. And it is by, uh, it is by Hank Green. And it is a audiobook that my wife already had in the Audible account. And it's kind of a bit of a sci-fi human it's 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 a novel with a little bit of sci-fi a little bit of mystery and kind of looks at the from what i've learned so far the elements of fame that go with that so it's interesting he also asked both of us do you prefer to listen to audiobooks or podcasts i'm going to go with a circumstantial answer Mm -hmm. on long drives which i haven't had a lot of lately i haven't done the uh dallas to austin drive or something mm-hmm. like that on long solo drives i love the auto audiobook it's mm-hmm. great it helps pass the time uh we had sirius xm satellite radio in one of our cars back when we lived in new york state for a while and i used to listen to the xm comedy channel a lot and it almost was like an audiobook because you get one stand-up doing yeah. a segment after another and it was just awesome so that was fun too. But uh, right now, with my driving to and from the AAC and to the ticket studios for road games, uh, it's either I'm listening to the ticket, Dallas area music on the radio, depending on my mood, or podcasts. I've got a few now that I've started getting into. I really hadn't done podcasts, John, before this year as far as listening, but I started to pick up a couple. Um, and the hockey ones that I've been listening to, I've been dabbling with the stars rinky-dinking with Razor and Heike, which uh, always provides interesting commentary. Uh, Craig Custance does a great one called The Full 60. Uh, Elliot Friedman and Jeff Merrick do one called 31 Thoughts, the podcast. They get some great uh, insight and, of course, there some, some great guests. Um, and then the other one is The Two-Man Advantage with yeah. Pierre Lebrun and Scott Burnside. Um, their characters, we knew Scott from his year in Dallas and Obviously, both of them covering ESPN and now the Athletics. So those are some of the ones that I've picked up a little bit. But I can't go all hockey all the time. So there's a couple others that I dabble and mix up in there. I'm not. not, There's no podcasts I really listen to or subscribe to. There's there's quite. Basically, by the way, I'm basically listening in the car. I'm not really doing. I I have music I listen to when I work out, when I run or lift, and I'm not. I'm not a podcast while I work out. So I will actually. Um, it's interesting. I, I, when I do podcasts, it's more a la carte. It's not, I'm not, I don't really have one that I listen to or like I'll listen to, I'll, I listen to a lot of the full 60 of basically, right, you see a guest yeah, that you're interested yeah, in. Yeah. Or, sure. and I, I'm not listening to every single one of Custis, but if he has this or that, I listen to Daniel Carcillo, Chris Pronger. Those were fascinating ones. Um, he, it, it's just pick or choose, right? Yeah. And so for me, how I look at, I end up listening, it's interesting um, if I work out, I'm at the gym, I'm probably listening to music. Um, but if I'm going for a run outside, I actually listen to podcasts. See, I find that very odd. Really? Yeah, because to me, I like the music to 
to keep sort of the energy theme up. If I was listening to two guys having a conversation while I can hear my heavy breathing running hard, it would just, I don't know, maybe maybe it takes your mind off it. Yeah, that, that's really what it is. Like, there's a path near my house that runs by the lake. I like listening to the... I like listening to podcasts when I'm running. Um, if I'm driving, if I'm driving farther than 45 minutes, I'll probably pop an audiobook in. Yep. Now, again, it's it's. But I need for the, the audio downtown drive is is if it's, it's too, too long, close. it's because of traffic. Yeah. The audio, the downtown drive for me, the audiobook, the key is I want it to be at least a 45 minute drive because I want to be able to get into it and I don't want to be. You don't want a 10 yeah. minute on and yeah. off, right? And I want and the I. The other thing I do, Sean, is I work the phones in the car sometimes, uh, whether it's calling you to see if you're yep. not doing anything yep. or. Uh, you know, touch touch base with my I parents. Do, I do, the, yeah. I, there, I have a, I have a rotation of I, folks. I do, I do, I do I can, make many phone calls while driving. I can say, hey, I'm not going anywhere. I'm in the car. I'm moving somewhere, but I, yes. I have nowhere else to be. The so uh, let's let's talk to this, somebody. This, this is a uh, drive. This is a. Uh, this, <laughs> I believe this is a genetic thing that gets passed down in my family. Because, um, for example, my dad, whenever he's traveling, I was just gonna yell, herpes. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. Whenever my dad is traveling, we'll get a call and it'll be like, She's oh. also not uh, genetic, by yes, the way. Yeah. Where, where, where are you going? And so whenever I call my my sister. You're right. Hey, where are you driving my, to yeah, now? My sister in lives in Indiana, and one day a week she drives, She works at a hospital. One day a week she works at a hospital. It's a little bit farther. And so we know on Wednesdays occasionally Kelsey will call, and we'll say, oh, where are you driving? Oh, where are you driving to today? Yeah, and, or vice versa. And my one sister who doesn't drive because she lives in Chicago and takes the train everywhere, whenever we call her, her kind of go-to response when people from the family call is, where are you driving to? So she say that. Like, yes. What, it's like it's like somebody saying, okay, you need money again, huh? How yes. much do you need? No, no, it's where are you going? And then, of course, my response to my sister is always, no, Allie, I, I, I can call them when I'm not driving. Yes, I'm driving. Justin <laughs> writes in, I saw the tweet about Gurionov being NHL ready. This was Sean's take last night at mm-hmm. the AHL game in which he covered um, – the debuts, pro debuts of Ty Delandria, Rhett Gardner, uh, Josh Melnick, and Joe Sacconi. Joe Sacconi is the other one, the defenseman from the University of Michigan, Stars draft pick. Uh, but anyway, Justin writes, in y'all's opinion, didn't use the apostrophe on y'all's, by the hmm. way. Yeah. Anyway. Yow? Yow's. Yow's. Yow's opinion. Yow's. We're so, so nice, aren't we? Would he be a better option now than Nachushkin or Richie? Also, out of the current prospects, who's playing... In the NHL next season. Thanks for taking my question. So two things can be true. I just want to make something clear. The way the words I wrote on Denis Gurionov is there is nothing left for Denis Gurionov to prove in the AHL. This is the same stance you took on Julius Honka. Yes, a couple and, of years ago. And there is also nothing else for Julius Honka to prove in the AHL. No, he's proven that yes, he can be yes. at or better yes. than the AHL level. Now the thing for Gurionov now. To prove he's ready for the NHL, that jump, that jump that make that t- that makes you truly ready for the NHL is consistency. I would argue that right now, Hawke hasn't played since what January. Oh yeah, he could use a conditioning. He could use a conditioning stint in the worst way. He could definitely use a conditioning just stint. to go play some games. He could, but I don't even think that that is they're going to do that because I don't think that he's even in the plans because it's Alexiak is the next man up. And I think Bayrou there might be up before him. It's an interesting thought. But, but on Gurianov. There's nothing else for him to do in the AHL to prove he's ready. He dominates games down there. I like how he dominates. The one thing I really like now is how he uses his speed in small spurts in the defensive zone. Mm-hmm. We've seen his speed. We've seen him with the puck. One thing he does now is he's better defensively because he, he realizes this weapon he has and how he can use it um, 
defensively, and I and, and he's being more talking about short burst speed, short burst speed, and cutting things off defensively, um, and also he's he's better aligned defensively, his positioning is better, he's doing all those things. Now the big thing is, can he get to the NHL and can he consistently be an everyday player in the NHL? And that's just the big thing where can you prove that? There's lots of guys who have been goal scorers and been great players in the NHL. The question is, um, can you made the wrong turn here. That's the same turn into the neighborhood. Uh, you got a red light and it's not going anywhere. You could have gone right through. That's all right. I make this part of the drive to get to your house every day, so I know when to go to this and when not to. If that's green and that's red, always go straight. See, well, I know this I, is funny. This is your neighborhood. No, but you know why I'm doing this. Yes. Because I don't want to turn around. Yes. You go, it avoids the three-point turn. I'd rather do this rather than the three-point. All right. Fair enough. A uh, <laughs> uh, couple of comments tonight on. But oh, oh you, to finish the second yeah. part of that question, what what stars prospect prospects right, that are most ready for next year? Most ready for next year, it's Gurionov. Um, Gurionov is ready for the NHL yeah. right now. He'll probably be on the roster. He right? should be on the. It's gonna be. It's gonna what be about Bayreuther? Is he? I mean, that's a a legit thought. Is are he? I think Hanley is a swing guy from AHL to NHL. Yes, he is. He's the guy to call up if you get a bunch of injuries. But is Bayreuther ready for to be a six or a seven? I think he's ready. I think we saw it earlier this year. He looked good for a while, yeah. but then he tailed off a little bit. He's ready. Um, um, as far as – I know a lot of people get excited and, 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 and look at the idea of, okay, what about Delandria or Robertson? I think that's premature. It's they, just, I, I like, Sean, that both of those guys have the goal in their heads. They yes. want to make the team in the NHL next yes. year. Good. That's what they should be striving yes. for. Of those guys, though, of those, of those guys, though, um, Delandria to me – has the better chance of making the NHL next year than Robertson because because what, of the style he can play because of the style he can play and because what is the thing you have to do to be able to stick in the NHL you have to have coaches trust and you have to have coaches trust you and Delandry in the defensive yes. zone and Delandry right? plays a game that coaches can trust right away because he plays physical yes. he plays smart yes. two-way hockey yes. kind of a Jason Dickinson style he's a better player than Jason Dickinson woo not right now. Like, like, okay. Let me let me let me phrase that correctly. He will be a better player than Jason Dickinson. Okay. He will that's, be. Yeah. That's interesting. Yes. Right now, Jason Dickinson is a better player. Jason Dickinson in the NHL. That's why I was but, going. But Ty Delandria will be a better player than Jason Dickinson. Oof, interesting. Um, a couple of people asked about Colin and Stefan. Both asked about Brett Ritchie and Nachushkin and uh, Spezza. And I'm going to co- sort of combine a couple. Okay. Uh, because Colin said. In your opinion, would you have would have been better? Would it have been better to have Nachushkin in the lineup instead of Spetzer Ritchie? Uh, and then Stefan wrote, "Told you guys Ritchie was bad. Makes awful mistakes. Takes penalties at a horrible rate. By far the worst on the Stars. Like really far." Uh, reading it as verbatim here, and the puck mostly dies on his stick. I don't get why coaches seem to love the guy. Uh, meh, physically, physically, physically. Alone uh, can't be it. That, okay, um, I'm not sure I quite got the last part of that. What he was trying to write because there's some. Uh, the question is, should of, Val have been in the right? The, the question, question is, should Val? First of all, played. Richie didn't take any penalties tonight. So as much as you might be upset with him in the past, that's not really a knock on his game tonight. Um, but should have. I'll tell you what, Sean. I'm going to say this. I don't know if he should have been or not because I I I thought that Monty's answer to your question of why. Made sense. He th- expected a more physical game. Richie's more physical player than Valley's. He just is, whether you like it or not. He hits. Val doesn't hit much. Mm-hmm. He doesn't use his size to impose himself as much as the team and coaching staff would like him to. He does 
have a physical frame to shield, but he doesn't use it aggressively enough. That being said, I believe Nachushkin will be in the lineup against Pittsburgh on Saturday. In my belief, what do you think? Val should have been in tonight. I actually think it was – I understand – I understand – I we understand why, I understand why they did it, but I disagree with why they did it. Okay, why? Because I thought Val played two of his better games. Yeah, I, I did too. I, I, think he should, I didn't think he was coming yeah, out. I think he should be rewarded for that. And I also think I also think he plays def- well defensively enough that he could he also doesn't make this mistake that Richie makes tonight on the change. Now that's obviously easy easy to look back. Easy to say now. Easy to say now, but I thought with how he played the last two games, Nutrition shouldn't have come out because I think you reward that play when you've been happy with him. And and it sends a better message of okay, keep doing that. Just like he almost scored last game. Like I mean I don't wanna Hell had a really good yeah. shot on Tuesday. So on a uh, three on two, great save by now, the youngster Montembeau. Yeah. All of this though because people ask about Gurionov, I would call Gurionov up right now. I would play Gurionov, give him a chance. That's what I would do. Gurionov should be in the NHL, see what happens. Um, at least he's he's playing with a ton of confidence down there. Right, he, but the key is is that the last time he was up, he you could see him fading. Yes, and he faded. So, less, but if, I would do it right. now. I would. It's this team's not scoring. Bring him up. Let's see what he does. Where's he gonna play? Where would he play? Right, that's my question. Yeah, is he coming up to play in a bottom six or a fourth line role? Because he's not going to be on your third line, right? Your third line, you have Foxa, Como, Cogliano, Yanmark. That's a shutdown line. It's not creating a ton of offense, but that's sort of what it is. I like the way they set up the lines tonight. I'm telling you, I'll tell you where I'm putting them. Where? First line is going to be Ben Sagan Radulov. I'm then going Gurionov, hence Les Browns. Ooh, I like that. And then you move Dickinson. And all three of those guys have played together. Here's the thing. Yeah. I think you have. I, I know why they put Jason Spezza back in the lineup tonight, mm-hmm. right? It's because he's a veteran guy who's proven it before. He hasn't this year, and you did the one scratch. You're hoping he responds. I don't feel like there was enough of a response from him. No, there was. Now again, he didn't play a ton of minutes, but you'd yeah. like to see something from that. Yeah. And I think you're at a point now where this team might be in better shape without him in the lineup. But the next question, Sean, I'm going to sort of par- parlay this. And I agree with that. Is that uh, Dallas writes in, uh, I know great goaltending is the key and ha- to having a shot in the playoffs, but at some point your offense has to help. Is Zuccarello coming back from injury enough to make, to help the Stars win a series or more if they make it? I think that's the thing, is that when Zuccarello comes in, he's mm-hmm. in your top six right away. Yes, of course. And you can p- work a couple different scenarios with, with where he goes. I believe his creativity, his quickness, mm-hmm. his space, he creates space where there's none. There was no space against Colorado tonight. They packed no. the house defensively. No. Yeah. His goal scoring can all help. And that, that Bruce was saying this on our postgame show. If you can raise your, your scoring output by about a half a goal a game, the Stars win a lot of games. They roll into the playoffs because their goaltenders are giving up two goals or less. How do you score half a goal? It's a, he's talking I, about I, I know, I'm, I'm making, I'm but making right. but that's really bad humor. It's <laughs> terrible. But you know what I mean? Like if, yeah. if, if you can add that extra little bit of – if you can raise the scoring rate just even that little bit, mm-hmm. this team defends so well, Yeah. yes, you do have a chance. I, I was talking to a couple of people, not from the Stars organization, but people who watched the game, scouts, um, over the past quite couple – Quite a few scouts there. Yeah, tonight. quite a few uh, over the past couple of games. Um, and 
there are some who believe that this is a team that if they get Zuccarello and they get Pitlick back and their goaltending is good, that they're a team that can make some noise. There's people that believe that there's potential for that, and that's not from people within the organization. They, they could make a, quite a run? They can make some noise, and they could be a contender to come out of the West. That's actually something someone's told me. Yeah, I, I don't think I'm putting on the Homer glasses and saying No, this is, this I is, actually think that there's a chance. They have the star power. If they can click with some offense or the power play, which Zuccarello would certainly help. I mean, with. it's all about the what-ifs. Like, right, like, but like, they, like, they have the goaltending. They, they can play a defensive game. I just thought their transition game was awful tonight. It was horrendous. It was not good. They... The, every every and it, this is not just on the defensemen. Okay, I thought the defensemen were making the first pass many times. Mm-hmm. To the the wing, wingers were not linking with centers much. No. There was no second pass. There was it was there was a lot of dumping it in and chasing or turning it over into, at the red line. And, and there was no Colorado re- was coming it, back it, the other it, way. Here's the other thing that there was none of tonight. There was none of the reading the defensemen. The way the stars are supposed to play is they're. They're, they're told by the coaching staff that they're supposed to read that defenseman. They're supposed to attack that defenseman, and if there's the space to carry, you're supposed to carry. If uh, if not, you're supposed to dump around or do the small chip. They were just defaulting to the dump every single time, and Colorado just said, okay, we'll play into that. They basically stood four guys along the blue yep. line when they had the lead, Yep. right? And just said, all right, dump it in because we can get back and get it out of yep. there. Um, let's get to a couple quick ones here because we could rail in on this all night and I've got to go to bed at some point because uh, I have to get up in the morning for the kids to get to school. So no rest for the weary. Um, Terry writes in, if this team goes on another eight-game losing streak, which would be, by the way, the last eight games left, mm-hmm. and falls out of the playoffs ridiculously two years in a row, how far does the frag pattern extend? First and foremost, it's not going to happen. They're not going to lose eight straight. I mean, I'm going to say it right now. I mean, They're not. It could. They but, could, yeah, but yeah. I don't believe it will. No. If it does, there will be a massive fallout. Yes. I think it starts – I think Jim Neal probably loses his job. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that that could then lead questions to Jim Montgomery, just simply because if you hire a new GM, the GM likes to have his guy. I Correct. Hopefully, I think Monty would get another shot, but when you're a coach working for a GM that you didn't get hired from – that always leads to the possibility that you can lose your position. I think there will be turn. There's going to be turnover anyway. Uh, Spets is out of a contract. Mathot's out of a contract. The big, the big, the big, the one of the big things though, just as far as the pat, the fallout pattern is, if Jim Neal is back, if Jim Neal is back, there's certain guys who are protected. If Jim Neal is gone, all of a sudden a new GM comes in and looks at everything with a different eye. And, and that's like, yeah, yeah. scouts, yeah. Sc- uh, heads of scouting, pro, pro and, and yes. amateur, yes. What, uh, what assistant play- GM. How certain players are valued, just everything. AHL coaching staff, although I think that they've, I think Derek Laxell has been excellent. I think there may be a new AHL coaching staff for other reasons because of promotion, but that's right, yeah, I mean he could t- he could get a job somewhere yeah. for sure. Um, Ardell writes in, my kid scored a last second game winning goal with Val on NHL 19 in an online versus matchup tonight. Uh, life will imitate Xbox the next time Val skates for the Stars. 43 will finally score. You heard it here from Ardell first. Um, who has the ugliest current NHL sweater? He votes for Nashville school bus yellow. It's more. Uh, that's that bad. I don't think it's that bad. Uh, I I thought their their jersey uh, was less was better before the change to the Adidas design. I thought that went a little more plain. Yeah. I thought Carolina's jersey went more the red went more plain compared to the old one. I liked the 
the trim, they got rid of the hurricane warning symbols at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Remember the squares, yeah, the repeating yes, pattern? Yeah. And they, they tucked it inside the collar, so it's there, but nobody can see it, mm-hmm. which was, I thought that was too bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know oh, about worse, ugly. Ugly? Um, uh, I don't have an answer for that. I don't like, because I'm not a huge jersey stickler. Like, there's things I like where I'll see, like, right. oh, I like that. Or, but I, but I'm or not, aspects of jerseys that I like. Yeah, I but, like. But, but I'm not a big stickler where I'm... Where I'm, I'm going to go with the Mooderous. <laughs> it was not good. Or the old Vancouver V, but I like it because it's like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers creamsicles. It's great because it's so bad. What do you think? I of, don't have any current ones. What do you, what do you think of the Tampa like blackout look that they have? I like the all-black jerseys. I, I like the Carolina ones a lot. Carolina ones I like. I think those are really sharp. Yeah. I don't have a problem with the Tampa ones. Um, let's move on because I think we're, yeah. we're spinning. Uh, and... Uh, a. M. Morrison, Amo, Amo, I don't know how you're going to say that, writes in, it seems like the Stars play better with fewer men on the ice than their opponents and play worse with the man advantage. Am I dreaming or is this really, or are they really this crazy? No, it, all it is, it doesn't, it doesn't change anything. It's just this team isn't a very creative team either way. And then when you have the puck more, when, when you they have. They should be better. They should be better. Their power play talent yeah. should be better. But they're not a very creative team and they're not. And when they have the extra time and space, they overthink it. That's what happens. It's amazing. I think some of that comes down to power play confidence. Yeah. I think they're over-trying sometimes. Mm-hmm. Todd Nelson is a brilliant power play coach. They have some high-end talent, and I'm just surprised it hasn't clicked more. Yeah. Um, Nathan writes in, this team is screaming out for offensive contributors beyond the usual suspects, yet Gurionov has yet has Gurionov playing down. Surely this needs to change. All right, we already talked about that. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so we'll move on. It's game 81. Kevin writes in. The Stars are four points out. That'd be quite a split. That's quite a split. You dress rich. Four points out. Really? I mean, it's possible, but it could take quite a swing. Yeah, that's... Uh, do you dress Richie or Nachushkin for seven minutes of ice time? That's a bizarre set of circumstances, isn't it? I mean, the, I mean I've already said that even right yeah. now I would play Gurionov over them anyway, but that's... All right, Galapagos, Dr. Dash. Oh, no, is it too late to submit questions? Yes, it is. We should have stopped five minutes ago. Um, I was planning on going to my first practice on Sunday and was wondering if there was any tips for me to get the most out of my experience. Is there even a practice on Sunday? Let's go. Are they going to practice before they head let's, to? Let's, let's go to the, let's go to the, let's go to the, uh, we'll, we can give this answer. Hold on. Um, well, first off, give some tips about practice while I pull up the upcoming schedule. Tips about practice. If the stars are practicing in Frisco, it is open to the public. Mm-hmm. If you want an up-close experience by the glass, it's chilly in there because it's a practice rink, and that's how ice rinks are. So bundle up. If you are trying to see a morning skate at the AAC, it is closed to the public, so you're out of luck. So those are my tips on that. The other thing is, is check with the schedule or with Sean or myself or Mike Heike or Mark Sapneski because uh, it would be a drag to show up for practice and there is not a practice. So they, there is a noon practice on the schedule. Um, however, I will not be attending Sunday's how, practice. However, I have boys baseball. I will kids, put, kids I, I will put it with this caveat. There's a noon practice on the schedule. The team also has to be at the airport at 1.30. 
it won't be a very long. It, one. it won't be. It won't. If it won't be a long practice, and if it's an optional, it won't be well attended. Right, optionals um, are a bad one to get to, and we haven't, and, and we this, haven't seen a full stars practice in a while. And at this time of year, there's a lot of optionals. There's 11 games in 18 days. We're going through yeah. a stretch of right now. It's just um, there will be some guys skating on Sunday. I'm going to assume. Um, right now it's on noon, but we'll see what happens. That's it for the questions. Thank you very much for all your lightning round suggestions. We're going to wrap up episode 66, 67, Pittsburgh Penguins on Saturday night. And uh, the uh, Jamie Lexiak sleeper cell game. Oh, maybe this is the one where he, remember in St. Louis where he toe dragged three guys and scored a sick goal? Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it'll be the Alexiak and Roman Polak show. The reason the Stars traded Jamie Alexiak to Pittsburgh was so he could spend time there studying them and then would return with their tactics. For just this For game. For just this game. That is the only reason the trade was made. <laughs> he may not even play in the game on Saturday. He can be part of the pre-scout. No, sure, of course. <laughs> there you have it, folks. Pre-scout. Bruce says, not a real word. It's just a scout. You don't scout before you scout. It's like preheating an oven. You either turn it on or you turn it or it's off. There is is either heating on or off. There is no preheat. That's a George Carlin line. Well, I think there's a, there is a difference, though, between – when we use the word pre-scout, I think we're talking about video work. You're talking about the scouting work you're doing before you face another team. Yeah. It's scouting. Yeah. It's, there's no, 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 no pre-scout. No, for me, though – You me don't though, get ready for information but, but you before see, you but, scout. Yeah, I know what they're implying, but it's it, it's – it's incorrect vocabulary. I know, but if people someone uses the word scouting, I'm thinking in general doing something in person. Right, I know the nomenclature it's that it's become a commonplace used word. People use the word ain't. Ain't doesn't actually exist, although it's probably in the dictionary now because of its it common usage. We add random words all the time. Now. But it's a, it's a contraction of two words that doesn't actually exist, yeah. right? So there's that. I'm just saying. I've, no, I, I, look, I'm with Bruce on this. It's one. language. I'm not disagreeing with you. Yeah. I'm just I'm saying we need a. It's a term that has come to mean videos. Right. We all say it now. What's your pre-scout? It means yeah. it's we're watching the other team's game, getting ready to see how they play. What have we picked up? Yes. But it's it's inc- whatever. It's not the hill I'm going to die on. No, no, not worth it at all. But I want to rant on it on the CarCast. Episode 66, where Sean finishes in at least ninth place in the MotoGP race on I-35E. Well, did I get a participation medal? No, only six-year-olds deserve that. We move on. We're adults. And you know what? That's the right, that's the right take on this. Everyone have a wonderful night.